following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You know, I, I I keep thinking I'm going to go on to Twitter and I'm going to see a post from Weird Al Yankovic with a link to his newest parody, My Corona. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm waiting for it. But maybe that's insensitive. I, I, I don't know. Um, welcome back. Another episode of The Intentional Foul. I'm Dan. Uh, on the phone in uh, isolation in his in his uh, master bedroom at home is my partner Josh. Um, thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we are practicing social distancing with this, aren't we? Yeah, we're really we are. taking it to that level. We are. Well, you know, we we got the technology. You know, we're like the six million dollar man. Let's we might as well use it. Why not? Why not? Why not? Well, and and I mean, <laughs> I had some people reach out to me. Uh, you know, in the last three or four days, kind of uh, hoping that we were still going to do some stuff. They wanted to hear our thoughts on kind of everything that's going on and uh, uh, what what's going to happen going forward. So we thought, you know, hey, we we do our best here tonight and see what we could we could give you and and maybe you know at the end of the show we'll kind of lay out our plans going forward a little bit. But uh, I thought it was important for the listeners that that we made an appearance this week. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do going forward. I mean, it's like any – I would be curious. I mean, I saw Golick and Wingo this morning. They're doing the show from Golick's basement. Um, <laughs> and the NFL this morning crew, they were not on. I saw some of the local news people practicing like the six feet apart social distancing mm-hmm. in their studios. So it's, I, I, But again, I'm not sure what there's going to be to talk about outside – the NFL because that seems to be the only league that is pressing on with league business. I mean, they are literally shutting out uh, everything else down, you know, in the coming weeks. Well, before we hop into that, what's, what's going on in your world with you guys at the studio? I mean, you and uh, you and Tim are usually in the same room. Are you guys kind of spreading out a little more than usual? How's, how's that work for the morning show? No, Beggs and I have, uh, we are in our normal spots. We use the same equipment uh, in the production room. Nothing's really changed upstairs uh, at work at the Adams Publishing Group building. They did close the building down, mm-hmm. so there's no public allowed inside. So we are, we're just going as business as usual, and inside of about two weeks, we're supposed to move next door to our new digs. So hmm. I think that's the focus, but I mean, we're, you know, busy postponing events and live things and mass gatherings and, you know, following the uh, instructions and the orders of the, of the state and national government at this point. So, but uh, nothing's really changed from, from, uh, at the really uber local level for us. So, uh, normally we're hitting the, the week of the peak of March Madness, um, obviously with the tournament being canceled, we've kind of got March sadness. 
what 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 have what have you been doing the last few days to pass the time? Uh, uh, have you been watching movies? Are you are you streaming stuff? I mean, what what have you been doing? Yeah, there was there was a Harry Potter marathon on this weekend. I can't remember what channel, but uh, I caught some of that. Some of the TNT and the um, CBS, AMC, Bravo, and all that. They they were putting on some some decent movies, but it, it's like I said this morning on the air. It's really weird to turn on something when you can just flip around and you can catch any different sport at this time and. There's nothing on. I mean, spring training, some golf. I'd watch some Blackhawks hockey for a few minutes, but I mean, there was literally nothing on. And I'm not, I'm not that nostalgic for sports unless it concerns a, you know, a, an in-state team that I would watch. But you know, some of these old, old footage and the thirty for thirties that I've already seen, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a really weird weekend without sports. I mean, the better. I mean, I got. I got family and, and a wife. The better for question. The better question would be to you. I mean, you know, you're usually down watching some sort of a hoops game, you know, right? And you're in, you're in the thick of things, especially with conference tournaments. The better question is, what did you do this weekend to pass the time? <laughs> oh, you'll, well, you're gonna love it. Um, well, I had to, you know, <laughs> normal normal work schedule, so I had to work Saturday morning. Uh, got done at noon. Uh, went and got a pizza and. Uh, was planning on kind of diving into Netflix and finding something to watch, and I did find something to watch. Uh, the only problem was that I've seen it very uh, a lot. Um, I watched the original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, fo- followed up by uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two: Secret of the Ooze. So that was about sure. four hours of uh, of Saturday afternoon. I took a nap. Uh, played some video games, and then yesterday I uh, went over to my parents for for lunch. And uh, my dad and I, and the funny thing is, my dad and I both hate the Cubs, but there was no sports on. And we found on I don't know Comcast or whatever whatever Cub network that he gets. Uh, we watched a Cubs classic. It was um, opening day nineteen ninety six Cubs versus Padres. So we watched that. Oh, my. Yeah, uh, Ryan Sandberg's comeback after his one-year retirement. So that was fun. And then last night I watched Game 7 of the 1988 Eastern Conference Finals on uh, NBA TV. Uh, Celtics-Hawks, uh, Bird versus Dominique, one of their, their epic duels. Um, so I got a little bit of my sports fix, but it was, uh, it was some, some stuff from the last century, which was kind of funny. But, I mean, is this? Is this stuff going to be able to sustain you? I mean, long term. I mean, I don't know, man. They're talking. You know, Harvard Court said they're looking at July fourth right now as possibly a start date, or after the All Star break. Um, you know, some of the high school stuff. I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, I know we're done with our winter sports season, but they're going to basically have half a year for some of this, if anything. I mean, I was talking to some people when I was out and about today, um, getting exposed to everyone. And they all thought that maybe school wasn't even going to be back in session after a couple of weeks. And I I, I mean, there was no, you know, there was no legitimacy to their claims, nothing to back that up. It was just an opinion and just a feeling. But it's like, just imagine the spring sports season washed away. And, you know, the NBA was talking now for a little bit longer um, for coming back. So, I mean, it's like, we're going to 
going to be a long haul, and I'm just kind of wondering how sports crazies are going to be dealing with this long term, and how long can I mean people who do this for a living and talk yeah. at four hour daily shows? What do you talk about? I don't know. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 just very weird. Everything feels very strange. Like you said, you flick around. There's nothing. There's no sports, no live sports on. Um, but let's hop into the first, I guess, the thing that probably hit hit everybody the hardest, which was the cancellation of the NCAA tournament. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had the cancellation of most of the conference tournament games late last week. Um, but they, they kind of held off on canceling the actual tournament, which, you know, the NCAA is taking some grief for that. Um, I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, there, there's a lot of moving parts to this kind of stuff to, to just up and cancel. Um, I think they, they had to do their due diligence. It did sound like some conference commissioners were pretty upset with the lack of communication that was going on. Um, but I, I think ultimately, I mean, obviously – they once Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus a couple nights earlier. It was pretty much just a matter of time before all this stuff got canceled. Well, and that's what I read today um, from the, the president, Mark Emmer. He says that Gobert testing positive was the exclamation point and kind of the catalyst for them um, calling it quits. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not having selection Sunday and, you know, my cousin Michael texting me yesterday saying, I should be watching this right now. And for sure, and that brought up memories of, of past selection shows and stuff like that. I mean, and why on God's green earth is, is this only happening in the state of Florida? Because who was the football team that did it? Central Florida proclaimed themselves national champions after an undefeated season, and now Florida State says they're the champions. Yeah, I saw as well, that. And that actually went to the Senate floor. What is that? I don't know. What is it like? What does that even mean? What like the, the Senate? Like they don't have anything better to do? Like you know, worry about the coronavirus? That's I mean. Like they're like that's yes. I don't get that. That's stupid. It's not like we're going through a health crisis or a pandemic or anything. Let's so let's talk about who wins a fictional basketball championship, right? Good job, guys. Jesus. So yeah, I mean, you kind of feel for the seniors, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording that. I mean, and just in case the spring sports season gets gets cut short, I mean, you're going to have a lot of players, you know, not only in basketball, but all through the spring sports. I mean, the Big Ten is done with spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, already. There, there's nothing, and they're, and they're talking about, you know, and they're, and they're going to grant eligibility for an extra season, stuff like that, which I don't know who wants to go to school and, and, and do that stuff again just to play an extra sports season, but I'm sure athletes will, will hang on to that, which is nice of them to do. Actually, when I thought about it, it was kind of surprising because the NCAA more often than not does its best to limit you from playing extra seasons. But um, well, yeah, apparently but they were in a fairly. Th- th- doesn't that really? I think that's very interesting. I I like that they did that, but think mm-hmm. about that. Like, let's say you're the I don't know the Indiana baseball coach, right? And yep, you've got five kids that are seniors this year. So what do you so you have five recruits coming in. So if three of those seniors, you know, maybe they still have school left so they're going to be around anyway, three of them come back next year and then you've got these five new kids coming in. How does that work? Do do you get more scholarships then 
Right. Uh, you know, these kids that probably thought they were coming in and play or maybe they were told they were going to play, like what happens there? You know, like all that stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like there's so many moving parts to all of this stuff. And no matter what the NCAA does, they're they're going to get second-guessed and screamed at because that's just what we do with with the NCAA now, it seems. Yeah, it it seems like they just came out and they said, yeah, you can play an extra, you're fine. And right. everybody's probably like you going, well, wait a minute. Can't, you know, you've got a bunch of incoming, we're limited to this, and these guys can still play an extra year, so what do we do when we reach that limit? Do we automatic, I mean, I don't know, records count, I mean, how does that, how does that work? And I guess we are not privy to those details unless somebody in Madison were to, you know, talk to somebody on a spring sports team. The most obvious one would be baseball if they even had it. Right. Um, but I mean, the Badger women softball team and the track team were, um, are the two, I would say, best spring sports at least that I hear the most about. But, um, I don't think they're going to come out and, and talk about that. I would imagine in Madison. Um, but I guess, a question then, because I've seen varying opinions on this, and where do you stand? Should we still have had a selection study? Did you just come out with the bracket to tell the schools, here's what we thought and where you were. Enjoy this for an end of season. You know, frame it and put it in your office, and that's the last thing that you do. I 100% think they should have had selection Sunday. 100%. And... The NCAA, of course, came out and, and had an excuse as to why they didn't. They talked about, well, you know, we hadn't really started the process of, of you know, bracketing teams. And, you know, we had to go through all this stuff and think, you know, conference tournaments were going to factor in. Like, I get all that. But if everybody's in self-quarantine, like, you couldn't have asked those 10 people at home to just come up with it and send it in. Like, I don't know. Can't be that hard. It's not that scientific. I just I, I don't well, know. I, I think it would have been really cool to still televise it and give people something to do on a Sunday night when, you know, everybody's right in this country for the most part's kind of moping around right now. And it would have been cool for the kids to, you know, have something. You know, to at least be able to say, Hey, for some of these guys on some of these teams, maybe it was their first time they would have even made the tournament. You don't know. So um, I think it would have been the right thing to do, and and it would have maybe involved a little bit more work for some people. But you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta do that to do the right thing. Well, and that's what I saw the the quote from the vice president of basketball. She said that the committee, you know, takes pride in doing a um, competitively balanced and fair bracket, and with all the missing games and not knowing who's going to do what they were unable to put in the hours and use the resources to make an informed decision about what they thought was going to be fair and balanced. So then they just decided not to do it, which kind of seemed like a cop-out to me. If you're not going to have the tournament, then who cares? Are you going to come under fire for not including a team or giving a team an unfair seed because you would have thought it would have turned out which way in a conference tournament? I mean, take what you got, throw out the brackets, you're not going to have it anyway, so what's the difference? Right, nobody's going to be screaming. They're like, if you leave somebody right. out that maybe feels like they should have been in, it might they might be disappointed, but nobody's going to be kicking and screaming. You're not going to have Dick Vitale on ESPN screaming about it being a travesty. So you should have just right. done that, it. And that, just just do it. Do it for the people that matter, supposedly, which are the the student athletes. Yeah, it seems 
it, it seemed like it would have been a little bit of a saving grace and a you know a little more of a heartwarming end to a, a really bad situation for the tournament. And I mean, not like I'm feeling bad for the NCAA walking away from a billion dollar um, time a year for them or anything like that. But uh, at least they they could have done something like that. So here's the here's the main question though. Um, obviously, I'm not going to Vegas. I had you know I. Right. I go to Vegas to gamble on these games. Obviously, I'm not going now. Uh, but the question is, I actually had made a futures bet last summer. Uh, I had put some money on Michigan State to win the title. Um, I'm curious now as to, I, I'm going to have to investigate this. What happens to my ticket? Do I get my money back? Can I roll that into another bet? How does that work? Well, I tell you to go ask the casinos, but they're all closing. I know. So. I know. I might have to make a call in the morning and see if I can get a live body out there. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, kind of unfortunate. I, you know, Vegas. Vegas doesn't like to return any money, so I, I don't know how that's going to go with all those futures tickets that just don't get you know yeah. played. I mean, everybody is is getting refunds, and and people that have tickets for future NBA games are are getting vouchers to be made up when they reschedule it. Postseason awards, all that stuff. Right. Vegas is a different animal. I'm not sure whether you're going to see that money again. Well, we did have one bit of interesting news in college basketball over the weekend. Rick Pitino is back in in the U.S. after spending the last year or two coaching over in Greece. He is the new head coach at Iona, um, which is interesting. Um I guess if he was going to come back to college, it was going to have to be at one of these kind of obscure places. Uh, but it's it's kind of a good spot for him out east. He's a New York guy. That's kind of right up his alley. Um, but, he, you know, love him or hate him, he's probably one of the ten greatest college basketball coaches of all time. So it's probably a good thing for the sport that he's, that he's back over here coaching. Yeah, I don't know how many coaches have won an NCAA championship with two different teams. Um, but this, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Jim Trestle when he got booted from Ohio State and then latching on at Youngstown State. Right. And uh, the, the Mighty Penguins after, you know, some shady stuff went down there in Columbus. But, yeah, I don't know. The Gales actually had a, a, a decent program for that coach who, I guess, called it quits after health reasons for 10 seasons. But, um, now, now you get Patino taking over a, a, you know, a decent program, and I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see how quickly he can uh, run rampant through whatever league they play in. Well, let's move on to uh, something that we're not going to hear for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Here's Middleton, Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Giannis Antetokounmpo from Chris Middleton. Yeah, that. <laughs> Gonna be a while. Nice work. Gonna be a while. Yeah. Um, sounds like uh, maybe June one for the NBA to come back. Um, that's kind of been the farthest out I've heard. Um, I, I was kind of thinking maybe early May, but um, you know, obviously everything right now is is pure speculation. Um, there's about nineteen or twenty games left in the regular season for everybody. And then, of course, the playoffs. Um, I don't know, man. Like, part of me thinks when they come back, just start the playoffs. I mean, there's really 
most of the teams are pretty much, you know, the top eight are pretty set in both leagues with the exception of maybe the eight seed in the West. Other than that, it's kind of jockeying for seeding position. But at the same time, I don't know that you can just come back for the playoffs because these guys are going to not play the game for like six to eight weeks. I don't know that you can just throw Mm -hmm. them back in and expect quality basketball, especially at, especially at the playoff level. Like they might need to give these guys 10 or so games to just kind of get their legs back and get some rhythm again. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like baseball sent guys home, right? A lot of them wanted to stay at the complexes and still be able to work out individually or one-on-one and not have a, a mass gathering, which they say to avoid, like, what what's now happening with the NBA players? Are they able to work out individually or with the trainer? I mean, they're not going to be able to get together with their team. So, well, like you said, I mean, how much rust is going to be there after months of being, you know, on the beach somewhere? Yeah, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent clear on that. I I did hear today that teams the, originally the NBA and the teams were keeping the players in the city that they played. Now they're allowing individual players to leave uh, because, let's just face it, if a guy plays in Milwaukee or Minnesota, chances are his family may not live there. You know, maybe they're living out in California or Florida or something. So those few players that are like that, they are letting them leave to go be with their families. But um, other than that, I think everybody's kind of just sitting around. Like I saw on Twitter – uh, Giannis's girlfriend had to put a video up of Giannis trying to play the guitar. Like these people, yep. like these guys. I mean, most of these guys, especially the great players, like they're type A, high motor, got to be doing something all the time type of people. And they in basketball is like the craft that they go expend this energy on. And like, I don't know, man. If they can't do it. I'm not sure what happens. We may have the biggest freaking baby boom in this country since the end of World War II. Yeah, and and it it was very interesting to think about all the time off because I know you mentioned it during the Super Bowl when they're out and they're on their own and they're doing stuff. I mean, you just hope some of these guys don't get into some trouble because they don't have anything to do. I did read that the NBA is not drug testing during this suspension, so there's going to be a lot of high-ass NBA players sitting around their apartments, <laughs> condos and stuff. There's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it just sucks, and I, I said it last year, and or I said it last week on the air, and, and you probably told me this well, as well. I mean, you know, you're looking down the barrel of possibly the, the best Bucks team in however many years and a possible NBA championship, and it just figures this is the year that a pandemic kind of cuts everything short and possibly derails that whole thing. It's kind of it, it's kind of unbelievable, really. I mean, this is the best team since probably 1974. That was the last time they went to the finals. So that was 40, almost six years ago, 46 years ago. Um, it's It's unbelievable. Like, they went from possibly winning 70 games, then they have a bad week when they go out west, and then the season stops. So at first I was like, oh, man, you know, maybe this won't be so bad. They're, they have the oldest roster in the league. They had been kind of banged up. You know, Giannis had the knee thing. George Hill's been in and out of the lineup. Corver was out. 
Um, so I thought, well, you know what? Maybe a couple weeks off would be good for these guys to just kind of heal up a little bit, you know? But now, if it's really going to be another six weeks or even eight weeks, I don't know. I At that point, every I think everything is a crapshoot because it's almost like a new season, you know? Yeah, you you, you got to get back into the flow somehow. I right. mean, like starting the playoffs, like, I, and I saw that they had, somebody had said today in an article that that they're looking to get arena space for playoffs in mid August and beyond. But it's like, are the arenas elsewhere being used? Well, for you something know, else. So I don't know why you, get, you would abandon your home arena. Or well, anything? you know, concerts, the ice capades, yeah. like fishing shows, like all that kind of crap, those arenas get, I mean, that's how they sell it, you know, when they get that public money from all these cities and they con the taxpayer into paying for it, that's what they say. They're like, oh, well, this arena is going to be used 190 days a year, so they book it out that way, and only 40 of them are for an NBA game in an NBA arena. Well, especially especially when they think it's going to be out of season, then it fills up with all the other stuff. For sure. No question. Like, I'm sure every weekend all summer, most of those arenas, especially in the big cities, are being used for something. For something, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the local places, I mean, Fox Sports, Wisconsin, outside of their programming for the for the Brewers and the Bucks, which I haven't watched, again, thanks to Dish Network for the last <laughs> six months or so. You love it. Um, oh, yeah. I and it's amazing that I was just ready to switch to YouTube TV and then everything just shut down. So now I'm really in no hurry. Um, but I mean, like outside of their sports team coverage, I don't know what they do other than outdoor stuff. Yeah, a lot of fishing I shows. Hon- I honestly don't. Yeah. So. What, well, I mean, they I could. Mean, how do they you should do. They. I think they should do like what. I did yesterday with my dad on the Cubs channel and play old games. I mean, they have these oh, libraries sure. of Bucks and, and Brewer games. And, you know, and don't be replaying, like, this year's spring training game. Like, replay right. me game 162 of 08 when they beat the Cubs to go to the playoffs. Like, play that game. You know, play the Niger Morgan uh, walk-off in the playoffs in 2011. Like, play that game. Sure. Play, play the game where Prince hit the homer and they all fell down like bowling pins. Those are the kind of games that are fun to rewatch, you know. Yeah, give me the Mill, the Bill Hall Mother's Day game. Yeah, think fat. Give me one there of those. Go. Give me a game where Russell Brannion hit it into the lake. Yes, where he hit the top of the scoreboard. I was there for that. Yes, Unbelievable. yes. But man, okay, I just so now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No. Nope. Well, I was just gonna say, I, I just, I just have this sinking feeling that this 2019-2020 Bucks team is going to be our version of the 1994 Montreal Expos. And for those that don't remember, that was the year of the player strike in baseball. The Expos were absolutely loaded with all-stars all over the roster. They were winning. They had the best record in baseball, best team they ever had, and the strike happened. They end up trading all their players away, and then a few years later, they're the Washington Nationals. Now, I'm not saying the Bucks are going to trade their players away and move, but just the fact that this magical year is probably not going to turn out the way that we thought or hoped it would, and that sucks. Well, 
And when you have a roster, like you said, that is the oldest in the league and you have a combination of young guys and veterans, I mean, that's valuable time for an older generation player. And the fact that the team has gelled, that uh, gelled so well during most of the season, um, and now you don't know whether you can recreate that magic very Mm -hmm. easily coming up next year or what the combination of, of players is going to be like on that roster. For sure. No question. It's, it's, um, it's tough. Is this going to do anything that, that, that you've read to, like, you know, scheduling, the draft, free agency? I mean, everything is going to be pushed back to the best of your knowledge. I mean, right? Yeah. I'm. You mean, like, going forward, like, in, like, yeah. the next couple seasons? Well, I've... There's a push on by a couple of owners to push the start date of the NBA back to Christmas. Kind of let football, because it's so hard for the NBA to start their season when football is really in the midst of theirs. Uh, They just get pounded on the weekends by both college and pro football. Um, So there's a lot of people, well, there's some owners that would like to push it back um, and, and go later into the summer, go into July. Uh, so this will kind of be an interesting test run um, TV rating-wise maybe to see how it works uh, with with NBA games in the middle of the summer. Um, I've also, one of, one thing that I've been a big proponent of for a long time that I heard they might consider was um, the NBA always has their draft and then free agency after it. They've talked about flip-flopping that and doing it like football, having the free agency and then the draft. I think that just makes much more sense because then you going into the draft, you have a better idea of some of the positional needs that you might have. Um, but those are just a yeah, couple that, couple of tweaks that I've heard are being talked about. That doesn't make sense to me to have it that that way. You don't. You don't like it. You which way do you like? I would. I would say free agency and then the draft so you know what you need by right. the time the draft is. For sure, yep. So I, I I, would like to know the logic, I guess, behind the draft first and then free agency because you can prepare to, you know, to fill a gap or whatever and then all of a sudden you have a, a, a bigger one in free agency that maybe you didn't expect and now you're screwed and you need to go to the street to find somebody. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, and and by having the draft first, I mean teams can get burned. I, I remember a couple of years ago, the year that LeBron left Miami, he had made a comment to some people about a player he liked in the draft, and Miami drafted the player, and then LeBron left, and the player ended up not being any good, and they really only drafted him because LeBron liked him. So, right? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So uh, well, uh, baseball is kind of the last one we haven't talked about before we get to the main guts of the of the news today. Um, but yeah, it sounds like baseball may be out until, uh, like you said, Fourth of July at the at the latest, which that just seems nuts. But um, it sounds like, at least to this point, they're they're still saying they're hopeful to have a hundred and sixty two game season, which. It's it's possible they'd have to have a lot of double headers, which would be cool. Um, but I don't know, man. That's a lot of games to jam into not a few days. Well, and I don't know how you would do that with teams, especially in the northern tier, when it starts getting cold. I mean, in October, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't know how much later you're planning on extending the season. I mean, the the worst decision that the Twins could have made was not build a dome in Minneapolis 
for their I mean, they could have a foot of snow on the ground by the time they get the World Series around there. I mean, uh, and not, not to say that they're going to make the playoffs or even the World Series, but even if the regular season lasts that long, I mean, how, how are you going to do that? I mean, New York's going to be cold. Um, you know, Seattle might be a little, I, I, I don't know how you can expect some of these Northern teams, Chicago, for God's sake, to, to try and get out there and play in the elements. If you're going to still try and cram 162 games in, if you don't start till July 4th. Well, I have, I, mean, I have, he- yeah, go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Double, double headers. You're only going to make up, you know, a couple of games, maybe a month. And considering you're going to be out, you know, two and a half, three months of the season, mm-hmm. that's that's not exactly a a big, you know, makeup by just scheduling one double header or two of them on the weekend. Yeah, I, I have heard. Um, you know, they're talking if if the season went later. You know, if it ended up going into November a little deeper, uh, more towards like Thanksgiving, they have talked about possibly moving games to domed stadiums. So, like, you know, if the if the Cubs played the Twins in the World Series, those games could very well be played at Miller Park. Um, right. Which I don't know. I mean, okay, but I mean that kind of negates. You know everything you're kind of playing for. I mean, if you're going to play in for the sure. championship, you want to play in front of your hometown fans and in your own yeah. park and all that. So I don't know. It's those are questions that, again, we're we're just speculating until there's a definitive time frame. But I, I just 162 games played is a shitload anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to try to jam that now into a shorter time period by six to eight weeks, that's that could be murder on the players. I would totally agree, and especially for some of the veteran guys that, that get this extra rest, now you're going to press them to service. Like I, I would almost think that you would need maybe an expanded you know, roster for another guy or two allowed for position players that would be able to, to give some guys some rest, maybe even in the bullpen um, to try and do that as well. I mean, and if you're going double headers, you're, you know, you're asking a, a starter to go on four days rest you know, depending on when your off day is. So I I don't know how you can ask guys to do that in more of a time crunch when, you know, rest is already a factor for a lot of these veteran guys. All right, man, you want to actually move on to some sports that we can, like, actually oh, talk about? Sure. Thank, yes, g- thank God for the NFL. Never thought and I you, would say that in, just, not, no, not in March. You were just <laughs> – you were tired of hearing about football. You were done with football. Now you're rejoicing that it's back. I got to have it's 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 my one I got to have my fix. I needed a hit and I got a hit. It was football. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the, the new CBA, CBA that I mean, you probably yeah. know more about this than I do. I kind of just perused it this morning a little bit, but sounds like uh pretty uh pretty close uh, uh, on the voting on this one, huh? Yeah, it only passed by by sixty votes. Twenty five hundred players could vote, and about five hundred plus didn't vote. Which I would be curious why then they didn't do that. And I know for some of the the team representatives, it was fairly disappointing. I mean, the guts of it are the the extra regular season games. So now it's going to end in an odd number with seventeen. You're going to get two extra playoff teams, and only one gets a double bye. Um, 
before, uh, or I should say one gets the buy, and you get now an extra, and we talked about this, an extra wild card weekend game, which that's always one of the best weekends of football is wild card weekends. You get an extra game there. Um, there's bumps in, you know, minimum salaries and extra benefits. Um, and to my knowledge, they're also not testing for weed during the season. So that will be a bonus to a lot of the players, I would imagine. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to pull this up here on my phone as we speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So based on that, last year the Rams would have made it in the NFC and the Steelers would have made it in the AFC. Oh, and the Steelers were a mess. Yeah, they were. That was an eight and eight Steeler team and a nine and seven Rams team. So I, you know, I don't know that that changes the outcome of much, but, um, but right. you know, I, I it, again, it, this this stuff, it all comes back to money. We know that, but I mean, from a from oh, a pure sure. entertainment standpoint, like I don't need another team in the playoffs. Like it, it, the the now the seventh best team in the NFC. Like some years. That's fine. It, it works out where it could be a decent team, but there's going to be a lot of years where they're eight and eight kind of teams, and they're just they're either all hurt like Pittsburgh was, or they're they're just not they're not that good. And I don't know. I don't know that that really enhances your your product much. Well, and that's the thing with the current system. Before they passed this, you could barely keep a team that was five hundred or even with a losing record in some division out of the postseason. Right. So. Now you're you're adding them, and now you're kind of almost getting to the halfway point where almost half the teams in the AFC and the NFC are making the playoffs. It, you know, it's it's like a little bit what baseball wanted to do by adding extra playoff teams. So it's like, well, you know, what does this cheapen it now, well, you, or does it make it more exciting? You 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 run the risk of getting to the point that the NBA has got, where half the league makes the playoffs. And the regular season just becomes less important. Right. You know, I mean, the more teams you allow into the NFL playoffs, the regular season becomes a little less of a big deal. I mean, if you can go eight and eight, nine and seven, and yeah, you still got to play three road playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. But like, if you can make the playoffs as a seven seed now with a team that's not that good, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, from a, from a watching standpoint, like and like you always say, we'll still watch the game for the most part. But, for sure. you know, it, it, there's just a lot of those, you know, 10 to 7 Texan Bengal type playoff games already right. that just aren't very good. Or like, you know, a Dolphins Steelers game like a couple years ago. It's like, oh, my God. So yeah, I and I don't know now whether the whether the regular season now will be extended just a week or two weeks. Are they going to work an extra buy in there? Doesn't sound like it. Game doesn't sound like it, and that's you know some of the things the players have been bitching about over the CBA. Like that's one of them. Like so, it sounds like they're going to get more money overall, but yeah, you know they're not getting they're they're putting their body on the line now. Another game. And I yep. think a lot of them feel that the money that they're getting is not worth the risk. I don't know. Well, and we talked about it last week or the week before when, when there was some rumblings about some of the new deal or some of the new things that the new CBA deal would include. And, okay, so there's one less preseason game. Big deal. Most yeah. of the veterans don't play in that game anyway. Right. So, Well, um, there was a ton of roster moves today, man. Just 
all over yep. the place. Um, one yeah, the Bears. Yeah, that, that was a couple Bacon, days ago. Uh, that, yeah, that was announced on Friday. I mean, it was basically coming down to him or Nick Kwiatkowski, and I don't, I don't pay attention much to the Bears. Um, is there a, a bigger difference to you on who gets resigned? I know Trevathan basically had his elbow bent the wrong way against Detroit last year, and then he was out for the rest of the season. But well, Trevathan, I, mean, I think is a better. He's a better player. Um, he's, I think he's one of the captains of their defense. So I I get why they wanted him back, but I think he's, I think he's 29 or 30. So he's getting up there and, uh, I think they gave him like a three-year deal. Um, so Mm -hmm. you're going to have, you know, if he, if he makes it all three years, you're going to have an early thirties aged linebacker and quite Kwiatkowski's, I think mid twenties. So it's a gamble. Um, Trevathan, I think, has been pretty healthy most of his career. I mean, the, that thing last year, you know, the, that that happens. You play 10 years in the NFL, you're going to get one of those. Um, well, and that's why I think that 16, he missed 16 games in four years with Chicago since he signed, but seven of them were due to that injury. So right. you take that number away, and it's, and it's nine in three seasons, which, uh, oh, I mean, okay. You get nicked up, you know? I, and that's kind of what they were. Yeah. They weren't big injuries. Um, but uh, what what happened with the quarterback situation? Because I, I, I looked on Twitter at one moment, and they were going to sign Teddy Bridgewater and make him the starter, and then now all of a sudden that's bullshit, and they're looking at um, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles now. So what's happening there? Yeah, I well, I think I think they've decided, and rightly so, they have to bring in somebody that can compete for the starting quarterback job with Trubisky. Um, we we mm-hmm. talked about it last week. Like, Chase Daniel ain't that guy. He's a backup. No. Um, they need somebody that's in there um, to, to not only push him for the job initially, but then to also be there in case things go poorly um, as, as, a, as kind of a nice relief pitcher for the Bears. They, it's something that they have, have not had. Um I mean, I'm not sure with Dalton and Foles. I mean, Foles just signed that big deal last year with the Jaguars. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that would have to be some kind of a trade. And then you get into how much of that contract are they taking. Um, I'm not sure what, what Dalton's situation is, if that would be a trade as well. I believe it would be, but I think he's – I mean, the the money that Foles is owed is a lot. Oh, yeah, and – and I'm sure I'm sure the Jaguars would want to unload and not take on as much dead money as possible. But who wanting to pick up that contract wants to pay the bulk of it? For sure. I mean, Nick Foles. Yeah, he won the Super Bowl, and he you know he played. He beat the Bears you know two years ago in the playoffs. But I don't know. I I, I think that that was one of those situations where he was like right guy, right time, right spot in mm-hmm. Philly. Um, I, I don't know. I, of the two guys, I would much rather see the Bears get Andy Dalton. Um, For sure. I think that guy's got a lot left in the tank. I think getting out of Cincinnati could be the best thing that happened to him. Um, yeah. I mean, if Foles is your backup and you have somebody like a franchise quarterback, you automatically don't have to mail in the rest of the season. For sure. You say, okay, we got you know, a shot to win some games. But, I mean, I, mean, I think if Dalton is there, it's like, all right, well, how much of a drop off are we going to have it at all? I'd like to see Dalton be the proven and experienced. I'd like to see Dalton come in and be the starting quarterback next year. That's yeah. my that's my opinion. Um, okay, I mean Trubisky's 
I don't know, man. He's a he's a B minus C plus quarterback on his best day. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think that I don't think he long term is going to get them where they need to go. I think maybe they finally figured that out. That's why they didn't extend him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Bring him bring him in as long as you don't have to give up a a bunch of, of picks and stupid shit to get these guys. Um, I'm I'm all in. All right, switching gears to the Packers, they made two signings today, and I saw a lot of funny tweets that said, you know, I remember being around to the point when Green Bay did not know free agency was occurring, and all of a sudden you've got two deals in one day to two spots that were going to be a problem, and I'm not sure whether either one is an upgrade necessarily, but I don't think the hole is nearly as gaping as it was because they signed first they signed um christian kirksey who the browns released he tore his pectoral muscle and missed most of last season two years 13 million dollars so that means Blake martinez is gone which doesn't really matter because he was going to want um about 10 million a year and there's no way the packers are going to pay him then they went and they signed like i think i want to say within a half an hour to an hour of announcing the kirksey deal uh, offensive tackle Rick Wagner, um, former Badger, and two years, $11 million, so that means Brian Bulaga is now effectively gone. And I was looking at some of the pro football focus guys, and Wagner has kind of been up and down, but he's been at the middle of the pack generally for ranked offensive tackles. So, you know, a serviceable guy, probably not as good as Bulaga. I don't know. He's got to be more durable. I would think at this point in his career, so I don't right. think he's going to miss anything. Um, but I mean, those are those are two guys that you can immediately have step in and fill some spots in in the starting lineup, which means that now that frees you up to do some other things in the draft, and maybe you don't have to take a, a pick as high for a guy that you wanted to, and maybe now you you could look at a first round uh, first round wide receiver, which would be the first one. Since they spent on Javon Walker, how many mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, I, yeah, and so. everything I'm hearing, that's a pretty deep position in the draft this year. So there's going to be some guys mm-hmm. out there to 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 take. Um, I I um, was I was surprised to see how it played out here with uh, Austin Hooper. Um, yeah, from the beat guys that I saw in Green Bay, I mean, everybody. It was no secret, I guess, that the Packers were going to try and make a run at him and make him a target. And then the the Browns just signed him to the richest tight end deal in the league right now. And then you look at some of the analytics guys, not necessarily the beat writers, but the guys who dive into productivity and the numbers and the stats. And I saw at least three different ones that analyzed the deal and compared his numbers to Jimmy Graham's numbers. And about the only difference in productivity over the last couple of seasons was touchdowns. And other than that, everything was the same. And they were glad that the Packers did not mortgage a lot of money on him and bust up their salary cap by throwing him a ton of room um, under the cap. Well, yeah, I mean, on his best day, he's the third best tight end in football. On his best day. Because he's not better right. than Kittle and he's not better than Kelsey. So, if you're, yeah, you can't. Right. Make your, you know, if you're going to make him the highest paid tight end in football, it's got to be better than, at his best, the third guy. Um I, I mean, well, I mean, Cleveland doesn't Cleveland still have Njoku too, or is he gone? Uh they, they were talking about somebody, him being targeted by somebody. I was, okay. I was looking around, but I saw his name mentioned that 
it didn't sound like he was going to be back. So, hmm, interesting. And I don't know whether that's free agency or they were, they were going to try to trade him um, or anything like that. But I mean, that just leaves the Packers with two tight ends on the active roster. Um, some guy I've never heard of, and then Jay Sternberger, who's coming into his second year, but he spent most of it on IR in his rookie season, caught a touchdown pass in in the playoffs. And then they were going to have Robert Tanyan be an exclusive rights guy, which means that they would, you know, probably be able to sign him back. But I mean, that's now that's now kind of a, a weak and very limited group and very thin. So I don't know. Is uh. Is Mrs. Goldberg happy about the Kirk Cousins extension? I haven't asked her about that yet. <laughs> she was not pleased that that she or that uh, that he replaced um, Case Keenum in the first place. Mm. He has never been on board with that. Um, but I, I I think for Packer fans it's fine. I mean for sure. I'm sure for Bear fans it's fine. She she was more concerned with the fact that they released whatever the, the safety was the other day, and then uh, along the defensive line, Linval Joseph. Mm-hmm. So she was like, what's up with them releasing those two guys? And now they needed a couple bucks to sign them. It was two years, $66 million extension. That's Crazy. outrageous. It's, these quarterback contracts are nuts. They're nuts. Well, how, how, how are you going to pay mean, that guy $33 million a year? He can't win a friggin' playoff game. I mean, basically, no. it's funny because the Bears, ha- they own the Vikings. Even when the Bears aren't any good, they always beat the Vikings. So there's two losses a, a year there. And the Vikings usually get swept by the Packers. They split at best. So that's automatically three losses. It's like, I don't understand how you can pay a guy that much money when he can't win games in his own division. Well, and that contract before this extension was all guaranteed money. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I remember that was a big deal because that was before Rodgers signed his extension, and that's why a lot of Rodgers' contract was guaranteed money. I don't know whether this that whole $66 million is guaranteed or anything like that, but uh, that's just an obscene amount of money to pay a guy that really is not very good when it, when it counts. He's going to be one of those guys that – like sometimes I'll go on like basketball reference or something and I'll look at a player and you can go down and you can see their career earnings. He's going to be one of those guys in 15 or 20 years where people look back and they're going to go, he made how much money? That guy? That's um, that's what Andrew Brandt, the former agent and, and, and worked for the Packers, the front office. I don't know if he's an agent, but I mean, he was a front office guy who worked on contracts. He always identifies people and sometimes he comes out with this list every year per position the guys who were good at the business of football. Mm-hmm. And his number one guy at quarterback was always Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Didn't do anything. Made a shitload of money. Right. Well, yeah. But, I, I mean, right it's, now, it's crazy. Kirk Cousins is, is going to be right up there. Well, another quarterback that got a monster deal over the weekend, Ryan Tannehill. I mean. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't either. The guy has like six good games at the end of the year where he basically just turns around and hands the ball to Derrick Henry and they give him four years, $118 million. I'm, I'm, I'm floored by this. How often do we see some guy play well after a mediocre career? I mean, you can, you can probably put Nick Foles this conversation if it wasn't for that Super Bowl. For sure. I mean, same guy, just a 500 quarterback. Tannehill's been a lot of different places. 
he's won a few games. He's lost a lot of games. He's thrown a lot of picks. But, you know, you get that short attention span because and that short-term memory, and you focus on what somebody has done just in the very near past, and all of a sudden, everything else you forget about. I mean, he beat, I, he beat Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Right. A dude that is in his second year, had a great season, but has not shown at all that he can play in the playoffs. And that's that's the game that basically just got you a $100 million contract. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in yeah, a couple I of those playoff games, he was only throwing like 10 passes. Right. And they're running the ball so much. Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine this is gonna this is going to work out long-term for Tennessee. He'll be there, what? Two seasons, probably, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, what do you think of these the big, these trades today? Yeah, I didn't see the the Cardinals transition tag Kenyon Drake, but I I did see and I and the and the reaction was swift and all over Twitter about um, the Cardinals just fleecing the Texans and that the Texans GM had absolutely no idea what they want, and they think Sean Watson should go to them and say, like, guys, I don't want I don't want to be here anymore. For sure. What you're going to do to our team. No doubt. I mean, you you trade away one of the top five receivers in football for a, for a running back who has been banged up the last two years, and then I heard, you know, they're getting back a couple of draft picks, Houston is, and apparently, like, they don't have a first-rounder this year. I don't think they had a first or a second-rounder next year, so they wanted some picks, but, man, yeah, if you're the quarterback and you're trading my my number one target, like, what are you telling me? Right. Yeah, and especially when, like you said, Johnson has not been healthy. He's got already a boatload of carries on him, and that's just not the way the league is set up anymore. He got benched I mean, last year for Kenyon Drake, and Miami didn't Miami didn't even want Kenyon Drake, and Miami was terrible. I don't I like Texans got <sighs> Okay. I'm I'm trying to look at the at the deal here. Kyler Murray's um, a happy guy today, I know that. I mean you look to your left and you got there. you look to your left if you're Kyler Murray and you got Larry Fitzgerald and you look to your right and you got DeAndre Hopkins. I like that as a For quarterback. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. David Johnson and a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And 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 a fourth round pick next year. Yeah. But they didn't get a first round, so no. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to make up for that lack of a first rounder. I don't know. But that's that's a pretty high pick. tax to pay if you're if you're Houston. Sure. I mean he's... Oh, absolutely. Well, talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the franchise tags that were handed out today, as well, because that that started. And I, this is one of those things I think we talked about on a previous episode. I would like to. I mean, most players hate this. Mm-hmm. I don't know any player that likes it because they want long term financial stability. They want to know where they're going to be. And this just seems like okay. You can't work out a long term deal because you don't want to pay us, you know, that much money. But you're still going to be on the hook for one year. The good news is for the player, they usually most of the time get a big bump in pay because now you have to pay them like one of the top at their position. The only problem is they're floating on a one-year deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I was not surprised to see the Titans tag Derrick Henry. Um, You know, obviously, you know, if you're him coming off the kind of season he just had, he's looking for his big money deal. 
And, sure. uh, you know, the Titans are hoping to maybe, you know, get one more solid year out of him before waving goodbye. Um, and they got him at, at a nice price tag, really, at $10 bucks. Um that was uh, that was a nice one. The the Bengals tagging AJ Green was very surprising to me for almost eighteen million bucks. He didn't play a snap last year, right? And you got rid of Dalton, so I mean, obviously they're drafting a quarterback, so maybe they wanted AJ Green around for the new quarterback. But man, if I'm AJ Green, like I do not want to be on a rebuilding team when I'm like thirty one years old. Well, and that's that's what I was thinking when I saw that. I mean, I, I bet he just wants to get out of there so bad. I mean, they have not had really a, a great time during his um, stay in Cincinnati. So it's like, okay, I, I'm I'm winding down my career. I can get maybe one, maybe big more payday, and I don't want it to be with these guys because I'm just going to be on the hook for way more losses. But uh, I mean, on the plus side, you didn't play all last year, and you're still getting paid almost eighteen million dollars. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Hard to feel too oh, sorry for him. For sure. Um, Hunter Henry on the Chargers, he got 10.6. That seems like a decent deal for them. And then the big one today was the Cowboys tagging Dak Prescott. He's getting just under $27 million. I actually heard Stephen A. Smith and Marcus Spears on uh, ESPN today said that they think that Dak should sit the season out. They actually are advocating for that. Boy, that would be so fun for Mike McCarthy. Well, I I mean it's like I get it. It's it's hard to compare professional sports. It's impossible to compare professional sports to the real world. But like really, you're just going to turn down 27 million dollars. I know that you're upset that you didn't get your 5-year 200 million dollar deal. I get that, but you're just going to turn down 27 million dollars to play football? Really? It doesn't usually work out when you sit out a full year of football and then try to come back. Um, I mean, the latest contract that that we saw for him was 33 a year, mm-hmm. and that didn't work. So, I mean, he seems stuck on that $40 million. Um, but right now for the Cowboys, I mean, I don't – I mean, if you're Mike McCarthy, what did you just walk into with this situation? Doesn't it kill you, though, that, like – I don't know. I, these guys just live on a different planet, and their delusion is ridiculous because he's not one of the top. He's barely a top ten quarterback, in my opinion. And but how much of that is the player, and how much of that is the agent? Well, I think it's probably uh, it's probably more the agent than the player. But the agent is feeding the player these ideas that that's what he deserves. Because at the end of the day, the agent still works for the player. So if Dak wanted to sign for 33, he could. But he's obviously been convinced that he's worth 40. Um, But, I mean, I I see Pat Mahomes is worth 40. Aaron Rodgers is probably worth 40. I don't think Tom Brady is anymore, but he was probably worth 40. Other than that, I you know, maybe Russell Wilson, maybe. But uh, uh, that's it. Uh, Dak Prescott's not a $40 million quarterback. He's not really much better than Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. I mean, forget the stats. <laughs> Neither one of them have ever won a big game. So, that's like, too much of I don't an get astronomical it. number for me to comprehend to pay one player for a season. Yeah. $40 million. Yeah, I don't get it. And, and I, you know, I don't know. 
If you're paying him $40 million and the guy that's snapping him the ball is making $2 million, I don't know, man. That just, right. That's not very exactly. equitable to me. For me, that would create more and more dissension, especially when the especially if the guy doesn't perform. Mm-hmm. Then you start to look at him like, well, what are we doing here? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you, you know, know like you, you, you better be the best damn player in the league if we're paying you that much. Because if you're not, well, then you're going to have a lot to answer for. Yeah, I mean, going nine and seven and losing in the wild card game on the road is not right. going to cut it. Right. Exactly right. All right, man. You got anything else? I don't. I'm just trying to reach out to uh, some of the some of the local journalists around the state that cover the teams and kind of get their perspective on what they're going to do now that things are being shuttered and you know, what they're going to write about. I mean, because, I mean, there still needs to be websites updated and sports pages written for papers and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, radio stations aren't going to go dark exactly. So I'm kind of curious about what these guys are going to write about for the Bucks and the Brewers and, you know, the Badgers season got, got cut short. I mean, we'll talk to, you know, Ben Wargle again coming up on Friday when all this happened, you know, before some of these decisions were made and, I don't know. Well, uh, I'd, I'd like to talk to some Packers beat writers and kind of get their reaction to the to the two free agency signings. So I I I'm just trying to trying to create content in a world where there's going to be very little happening. But at least today and tomorrow there will be stuff to talk about. And you just I think right now, hopefully, just take it one day at a time that you you're not going to have a big void in the sporting world. I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know, and and going forward for us on here, you know, you and I can stay in touch. And, uh, you know, if there's – I don't know that we need to do it every week here for the foreseeable future. We'll kind of see how it goes. If if there's stuff to talk about, we can hop on. We don't necessarily have to go a full hour, but even when we don't think we have anything, we always end up going a full hour because of our our, our yakking. Um, But, you know, I kind of sat around last night and was thinking about some stuff that – you know, I, I may pop on and do, you know, some stuff on my own, um, you know, maybe some NBA stuff just to, you know, I need an outlet, too, to talk about some of this stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll kind of play it by ear and see how everything goes. And, right. um, yeah, I guess that's where we're at. So, All right. Social distancing will uh, will continue for the near future. For sure. For sure. All right, my All man. Right. Well, hey, listen, everybody uh, – you know, you and the fam stay safe and healthy, and everybody listening out there, yep. do what you're supposed to do, and wash your hands and wash your butt, like Devonte Adams said, and use the Purell, <laughs> and you know, do do right by everybody around you, and don't be hacking on people. So, nope, we'll we'll come out of this, and we'll get we'll get back in the bleachers and the seats, some of these stadiums and arenas before you know it. Hopefully. I hope so. I just need Riverside to open. Come on, guys. Get that grass going. Let's, let's get yeah. going. I, I Open air. I can go out and golf and be 100 yards from somebody and have the time of my life. Yeah, we were talking about whether the softball season was going to get delayed as, as well, but one of my guys told me that it's on track to start right when it normally does around Mother's Day weekend. So hopefully by then we'll have a better idea of things. All right, my man. Well, this has been another episode of The Intentional Foul. We'll uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll keep you posted on when we're going to do some stuff. And uh, yeah, that's all we got this week. I'm uh, I'm Dan. All right. I'm Josh. Thanks for listening, downloading, and we will talk to you next time. Go sports.